Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, we're uh, going through 1 John, and it's about now that if, as I'm reading this, I'm going, John, come on, you're beating this horse. You're just dealing with this over and over and over again. Can we move on to something else? John, I've got it. And he would probably look at me and say, no, you don't. We need to go over this some more. So we're at John, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 7 to 11. And guess what we're going to talk about again? Love. Love. I mean, John just time after time after time redefines it, resays it, just pushes it to, so that you and I will eventually get it through our thick heads that the basis of Christianity is all about love. God's love for us and our love for God and others. That's the heart of it all. And so we're going to dive in here, and the first part is love defined. Love defined. He kind of tells us what love is and how it works and what it's about. Verses 7 to 8, notice what he says. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Pretty clear, right? Well, I love it. But you and I throw this word love around, and it has so many different aspects that I love this. I love, you know, I love this person. I love, uh, you know, the hamburgers. I love steak. I, I love the cat. I love the dog. I, I, I love this program. I, I love this movie. I, it just all gets muddled, doesn't it? And we've watered it down in essence not understanding what it really matters. So let me give you a few little definitions here about love. First of all, love continues. Love continues. In other words, love, according to the definition in Corinthians, it never ends. It's a total commitment. It's understanding something. Now, from God's sight, it's understanding this. God will always love you. He will never change his mind. He won't get to a point where he says, I've had it enough. I'm done with you. He never goes there. No matter who, where you are, who you are, what you have do, what you've done, what you haven't done, God still loves you. Nothing you ever do will cause God to stop loving you. And so it just continues on and on and on and on no matter what. Isn't that great to know? But here's the bad thing about it, if there is something bad. God expects us to be the same way with everybody else, doesn't he? So that I am to love people no matter what they do. It just keeps continuing on and on. Love doesn't end. God's love is from the beginning to the end. It never changes. It never shifts. He always loves us. Love continues. Secondly, love comes from God. Now, you see, the world has a way that defines love, but God has a different definition. The world looks at love as an excuse to do whatever you please. And what God says here is, says this, look, if you don't have a personal relationship with God, you don't really understand what love is. 
If you don't get it how much God loves you, you don't understand love. Now, at the heart of this is something, I've said it a lot. Let me just redefine it again for us. Love is not an emotion. It is not a feeling. Now, please understand me. If you love, there will be good feelings. But you see, I've had people come to me, well, I don't feel loving them anymore. I don't think I do. I don't have the emotions of it. Love is a choice. God will never ask you to do something you can't do. And he commands us to love, doesn't he? And so every day I make a choice to love God and to love people. So it comes from God. God made a choice to love us. His choosing, His loving. And so love comes from God. That's where it originates. Next, love confirms me as a child of God. I am most like God when I am loving. Love is a valid test for Christian faith. When I don't love people, I don't love God. And because I love God, it is confirmed, you know, that I, I know Him. Because what do we just read? And not just here, but in a lot of other places. If we don't love God, we don't know Him. We don't really understand Him. We don't know what He's done. We don't know how much He loves us. We don't understand what love is all about. And so, we don't understand God, so therefore, you know, if I only loved people I understood, I wouldn't love many people at all. I wouldn't even love me. I don't understand everything. And, you know, I, I, I have a relationship. As a Christian, love is in our DNA. Love is about who we are. It defines us more than anything else. If I had to ask you, would you define Christianity in one word, you should be able to do that. That one word is love. It is God's love expressed through us. It is our love expressed to Him and to others. And so love confirms me as a child of God because love is the character of God. Let me kind of stretch things a little bit and don't lose me here. Love is not what God does. Love is who God is. God is love. That doesn't mean that love is God. Love does not define God. God defines love. God loves because that's his nature. That's who he is. He can't do anything else but love people. God is a God who always loves. That is, by definition, his very character of who he is. The character of God is he's a loving God. That means he always does what's best for me. That means he'll always love me. That means that love never ends. That means that he's forgiving. That means he's kind. That means he's gracious. All of those things define God. And see, in the world... It gets shifted because what it tries to do is make love God. Oh, all we need is love. That's all we need. You have the misdefinition here. 
So John kind of puts it down there. Here's what anyone who does not know God, doesn't love, doesn't know God, because God's loving, God's kind. That's who He is by nature, and that's who you and I should be by nature, loving people, a loving person. Okay? Okay. You know, I'm, I'm, we, we, he just keeps nailing it home, doesn't he? And then it's love demonstrated. Love demonstrated. Because here's the thing. Love acts. Love does something. Verse 9. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So he demonstrated what love looks like, what love does by sending Jesus Christ into the world. So let me go through some things here. First of all, love has to be shown. It has to be shown. I can say to someone, my wife, I love you, but if I don't demonstrate that, it's questionable, isn't it? You can say, oh yeah, I love you, I love you, but you have to act like it. You have to act on it. And so love demands more than words. It demands deeds. It is not enough to say, oh, I love everybody. Your actions have to prove that, have to show that. God showed how much he loved us. Now, you see, usually, let's put it this way. If I step on your toes, do you say you're sorry? No. That's my job, isn't it? But yet, we stepped on God's toes in essence by sinning, correct? And so what's he do? Let me send my son so that we can make things right. You've went against me. You've done what you shouldn't be doing. You've acted in selfish ways. You've done your thing. I'll tell you what. I'm not even going to wait for you to say you're sorry. I'm just going to show you how much I love you and that while you are still a sinner, while you don't care, I'm still going to send Jesus Christ into the world. And God didn't wait for us to try and reconcile with him. He took the first step. That's love. Because you and I are, tend to be people who say, well, you know what, I'll be willing to love you, but, you know, it's kind of like, remember when you were a kid, you, you know, it's a long time ago for a lot of us, and uh, you would send these little notes uh, to students in school, you know, real simple, I, I like you, do you like me? And you'd put a box with yes and a box with no. What were you really saying? Here's what you were saying. If you check yes, then I'll like you. And if you check no, then I won't like you. But I got to know where you're at before I make a commitment. And that's the way we do a lot of relationships, isn't it? We wait to see how the other person is going to respond. Are they going to reciprocate? Are they going to act like it? Are they going to do what needs to be done? Rather than just saying, look, it doesn't matter how you act. It doesn't matter what you do. I will love you. 
and I will show it. I will act like it. Love has to be shown. God, I love you. And God says, okay, good, I'm glad. Show me. Act like it. Let your life demonstrate. Show me your love for me. And then love always seeks what is best. He sent his one and only son so that you and I could have eternal life. Babies are born into this world. They're not sent into the world. Jesus Christ was sent into this world because God wanted to show us how much he loved us. I want you to be blown away, God says, by how much I care for you. I'm going to send a part of me for you. I'm going to allow him to die for you. I'm going to allow his blood to cover your debt. I'm going to pay it all. I'm going to take care of it because I love you. Wow. And you and I, oh, I love you as long as you're nice to me. As long as you let me have my way. As long as we're getting along. Love always seeks what's best. It always wants the best for another person. That means that love sacrifices. We want to love without sacrificing anything. We want to love without there being a cost or a price to it. We're not ones who just tend to jump out and say, okay, I'm going to do this and this is what I want and this is the way it goes and, and, and I'll love you. But, you know, when it gets hard and when it gets difficult, I, I don't want to go too far with this. And when you start making me to be uncomfortable and when you start acting in a way where I don't get my way and I don't get anything out of it and, and you know, it, it's just not going the way I want it to be and this is a lot of work. Love's a lot of work. Can I say marriage? It's a lot of work. You see, we live under this false notion that, well, if we really love each other, we'll just be together and we'll always get along. Sorry to burst that bubble. That doesn't happen, does it? Why? Because we are selfish by nature. We are self-protecting by nature. And so you and I have to understand that if I'm going to love God, it's going to cost me. There is a price for it. It's free. He says, you can just have it. But once I say I love God, now I have to act like it, right? And those actions always have a price to them, don't they? And so it seeks what is best and it sacrifices. It's willing to lay down a life. Because, here's the next one, love satisfies. Love satisfies. Now, Jesus came to take away our sins. Now, let me give you a big theological word. It's called propitiation. It's the act of atoning for sin. It means he appeased wrath. You see, in other religions, people try to appease their gods. They cut themselves, 
they make a human sacrifice, they give a gift, they burn incense. Why do they do that? To appease the gods. That if I do this, then maybe God will look favorable on me and everything will be okay. And though I get to appease God's anger and, you know, I, I, I want, don't want God to be mad with me, so let me burn the incense. Let me cut myself. That's what I need to do. Let me do something so that I can earn God's love, their favor. You don't have to do anything. God's already done it through Jesus Christ. He's already given it all to us. And you appease God's wrath, His anger. Well, well hold it, Pastor. You said God is love. How can anger be a part of that? How, how can wrath be? Okay, here's, here's the illustration. Best one I've got so far. When my kids were acting in a manner that was destructive to their best interest, and when they were doing something that I knew was going to hurt them in the long run, and when they chose to act in a way that was disrespecting, I, as a parent, punished them. And yes, I spanked them. Okay? Why did I spank them? Because I loved them. I loved them too much to let them go on. But see, today what we do, oh no, they're a good kid. Oh no, we should never, you know, we got something going on in the media now. Somebody in the school got a spanking. Oh, it's, it's abuse. Now, hear me. It could be but it also could be a form of discipline because we love you too much to let you act in that manner. And you say, well, don't, you should never do that. You should never, it's, it's no, if, if you just want to excuse all the behavior of, your, of the children and say, well, they're good, they're, they'll do that, that's called entitlement. That's called enablement. You keep them going in a wrong direction. But God loves us so much that he says, look, when you're going the wrong direction, I'm going to do everything I can to stop you from doing that. I care about you. I love you. And I can't let you go on like that. And it hurts me when you go that way. And so God is a God of love. You see, I mean, I grew up in the time when the definition of love was meaning you never had to say you're sorry. You know, it's just always this way. Now, there's two sides here. Sin violates God's law. And God is a God of justice. He is just, but he's also merciful. And perpetuation, I think I put it in your notes, involves six things. It probably involves more, but I just gave you six. God's holiness, God's wrath, God's justice, God's mercy, God's love, God's grace. He does everything he can to deal with sin because he loves us. I'll pay the price for your sin. If you'll accept me, I'll forgive your sins. I'll make you not guilty. I'll give you mercy new every day. I'll do everything I can for you. And when you love me and act like that and live like that, I, I will do everything I can to help you grow and mature. And I love you so much that when you begin to wander in a wrong way, I'm going to do whatever I need to do to bring you back. And the biggest picture of this is the Old Testament and the children of Israel. 
God says, I love you. I'll care for you. I'll take care of you. Just put me first. That's what I'm asking. That's what I demand. That's what justice has. And if you don't, I'll take steps I need to return you to me. And over and over again, Israel's there. Oh yeah, God will serve only you. And then it's okay. They begin to bring in other gods, right? go another direction. God says, look, I can't let that go on. I love you too much to let you just act like that. I'm going to do what I need to do to bring you back home. Now, you see, we view that discipline, we view that as harmful and as wrong because we don't like anybody telling us we can't do what we want, do we? Okay, don't answer me, but we, we all know that. But God gave himself for our sins. He took the initiative Love doesn't make somebody else earn their love. It's just freely given. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's really good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of His Son while we were still His enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of His Son. So now we can rejoice. Can I get a woohoo? Okay, yeah. And our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Wow. How great is that? Final verse, love is demanded. Demanded. Verse 11, notice what he says. John writing again, Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love him in return. It's not what it says, is it? Since God loved us that much, we should love each other. <laughs> now you see, We're, we're, we're just, we're not saved by loving God. We're saved by accepting his sacrifice and believing that he paid the price for our sins. I love him because of all he's done for me. And I want to demonstrate that in my life. Now understand something. God's love is extravagant. He loves us more than you and I can imagine. Remember the story Jesus told about uh, we have in the Gospels about the lady coming and washing his feet and somebody tries to criticize her and thinking how horrible she are. If she had taken this perfume as a year's worth of wages or more, poured it on his feet, extravagant. Jesus knew what was going on. He says to the host, he says, look, the person who's been forgiven much gives much. And you and I can never outgive God because God is extravagant. But please hear me, we should try. We just keep giving love to others. 
extravagantly. Well, they don't deserve it. Neither do you and I. But God loved us anyway. And our love is expected. In verse 11 there, it says, we surely ought to love each other. That's really not strong enough. Ought in the Greek means we are bound. We are obligated. We are demanded because God loved us like that. We should love others because we need to be like him. And since God loved us, how can we not love one another? John 13, 34. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. Boy, he set the bar really high there, didn't he? You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Wow. Love proves to others the love of God that they're disciples. So let me ask you, how you doing? Do you understand how much God loves you? And are you accepting and rejoicing that love? And it gives you this sense of confidence in Him and who He is. And then are you loving Him by loving other people? That's the love He wants us to have. That's what He calls us to do. And that's who He calls us to be. Would you take a moment, just you and God, God, here I am, help me in this area. Help me to love you more. Help me to love you with all my heart, mind, soul, being, everything within me. And God, help me to love others. Because you do, and you command it of me. Lord, we thank you tonight that John just keeps reminding us over and over again how much you love us. And we're grateful for that, and we love that part. But Lord, you then expect us to love others as a demonstration of how much we love you. Not the world's definition of love, yours. So would you help us to rejoice in the love you have for us and how that's been expressed and what you've done and how much you've given of yourself and how great your love is for us. And would you help us then to live out that love by the way we love others so that the world can know that we are your disciples by the way we love each other. We go from this place to live that way, your way. Nine, and we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.